Coming to you from the world of AV control and programming with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. Hi, James. Welcome back, and I'm glad we're getting together for another episode. Uh, hey, Steve. How's it going? Uh, it's great to be back. Uh, looking forward to the topic we have today. And uh, before we jump right in, uh, I know that you and I were both uh, ver- very impressed to get recognized by Tim Albright, who's uh, a podcasting mentor of mine and somebody who I value the opinion of as well as consider a close friend in the industry. And he uh, reached out and mentioned us on a couple of shows. And, uh, and and I know that that meant a lot to both of us. Yeah, I mean, Tim is some definitely someone to look up to um, in this world of AV. I mean, I've even talked to coworkers and I'll be mentioning something about AV Nation and or Tim and they all know about Tim and they're not even involved as much in AV as I am. So he's definitely a uh, icon up there and to have him uh, recognize our program and what we're doing here is uh, pretty great. I would agree. And I know he has a sweet spot for programming and uh, that's one of the places that we've connected as well in the past. So today I wanted to t- jump in and talk about a, a topic and an article that you had written, which I thought was really interesting, and maybe you can take us into it, but it really covers the different types of programmers and programming companies or programming solutions, let's call it, from a from a, an approach and a strategy standpoint, and, and uh, I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Uh, yeah, thank you. Again, this is a good topic, I feel. So the article that you're referring to, Steve, is my uh, monthly article for Higher Ed AV Digital Magazine. So the website for that is higheredav.com, and my column is IT and AV. Um, This was the April edition, and the theme for the edition was uh, emerging technology. And when I sat down to write about this, I was first thinking about writing about, you know, like HTML5s and all these programming languages came out. And then I'm like, now what I'm really looking forward for this article in the column to address is, because it is geared to higher education um, for tech managers of what they need to look for when they are getting programs and the benefits and the cons of each approach. Um, so like I kind of jumped in and broke up into three different ways you could, a school could do it. One being going with the integrator company that they hired to install the equipment. Second is a third-party programming house, kind of like control concept. Or third option is an in-house programmer, someone like myself. And the article lists tons of the pros and cons to all three of them. They all do have their own fit and the tech manager really needs to evaluate them to determine what's best for their school. So what my school does is going to be different than what your school does or the other school does. So it's all, we all have the same goal of educating our students and we got to find out what's the best course of action for our, our environment. So for me, the reason that I think that this is such an important topic is that 
it doesn't necessarily, it spans the whole industry. So it's not limited to any one vertical or, or any one type of a solution. Uh, the, the idea, uh, and for a long time, there's always been that battle of in-house versus, versus third party. And now throw into the mix, the fact that it's also a integrate say almost like an outside integrator versus an in-house integrator programmer. So you have these three different options and the there there are definitely distinct differences between them. And I, I've always said there's a time and a place for each one. And it's it's very clear based on your article that that's the case. Um, if we get into a few of those reasons, because I'm sure that this is one of the things that our audience likes to is very interested in and also would would probably want to weigh in on because everybody's has different experiences and i feel like an experience that one person had doesn't necessarily make it so that every company or every individual who fills that role is covered under that blanket statement. So for example, if you had a bad experience with a third party, that doesn't mean that all third parties are bad. Or if you had a bad experience hiring somebody internally, it doesn't mean that that person or that idea is bad. Um, from I, I can go into this um, from my perspective and and one of the ways is, you know, that I think about is, is what, what is it, that you're looking to accomplish or are you if you're looking to invest in somebody internally you need to make sure that you give them the tools that they need to succeed and you know if it goes back to our our you know person on an island feeling that somebody that is not experienced is not going to be able to handle that and and no matter what you do that is going to probably be a failing proposition if you don't give them what they need to succeed uh, or put them in a spot where they are not able to keep up with the demand or, or have the, the re access to training and knowledge. Um, what, what are some of the things that you had thought of when you were doing this? And obviously your perspective is going to be different from, from others' perspectives as well, but I'm sure that this is a conversation that, that you've had with others. Yeah. Um, that's a very good point you bring up is about the man, the person on the island. Um, Cause that I feel is kind of geared towards me. Like I kind of take that on personally cause I am the only one in my university at this time who can program AV equipment. And so that's was one of the big cons to this area is uh, for an in-house programmer is because I'm going to be very limited to what I can do. Um, like I know the product we use for our university. I know that stuff pretty well, but I don't know, you know, the others out there. Um, I can learn them. That's, that's something, my own unique personality. I can learn them, but maybe not everyone can, um, which then kind of pigeonholes the business, the school, or even a uh, corporate environment of pigeon them into a, um, uh, what I was going to say, ecosystem that may not be right for them. Because 
we're in technology. It's always advancing. It's always changing. And like I said, our number one goal is to make sure the education of our students are happening. But if I only know how to program system X and system company X starts having, let's say, financial problems or quality control problems, I'm limited in what I can provide my university. Where if I was maybe a third party house who would have a broad sense because they could be installing company X, Y, and Z, they have a better understanding. So if say their client needs to change from company X to company Y, that change is not a drastic change for them. Um, but going to one of the big benefit of, especially in higher education, and this is always a hot debate on Twitter and AB, uh, the, with Chris Neto's uh, AB and AM discussion when it comes to programming is who owns the code? So if I'm an in-house programmer for a company or a university, you're guaranteed that you own the code. That code is unique to your environment. Um, but if you go to a third party or even a uh, integrator, it's water starts getting muddy because you can put it in the contract saying, yeah, the client owns the code. Who says that the integrator or the third party is not taking a code that they did for, let's even use this example, took a code they used for a strip uh, club and put it into a religious school or a church. Now, granted, one might look at it and go, well, who cares? It's strip club, it's, it's all done. But when your naming conventions are kind of, you know, towards the switch strip club and your church starts seeing these, that might put a bad taste in your uh, client's mouth there. I would also add the idea that, you know, costs are, are definitely a factor. So having somebody internally that you can manage that, that is on salary is likely going to be able to produce a more cost-effective product and also has access to more information and is going to be a lot more flexible. Uh, there, there are a, a lot of advantages to having somebody in-house. Uh, the, but, but you know, the other side of that is, is that is this person going to be part of a team or an individual, as you mentioned, and, and, is the, and, and the same actually holds true for a third party. So are you hiring a third party that's a, a one-man band, or are you hiring a third party that's a team? Um, the thing that I like to tell people a lot is that you really should understand the requirements that go into making that decision. What, what are the criteria? Uh, what are you ready to do? Because I think you and I have talked about this a little bit too, is that you know, you're not always programming when you're, when you're inter an internal person and, and you have to be able to understand that you, that, that person needs to fill other, other voids or needs to, to be, to stay on payroll while the in-between programming projects. And, but yet in the busy time, there may be more work than they can potentially do. And they they may need their efforts to be supplemented. So 
you actually, you really hit on one of the cons I had for a higher ed uh, in-house programmer. I guess you can apply this to uh, businesses as well. Is like me, I am the in-house programmer, but as we know, code doesn't break. So if I roll my code out to our classrooms, it's not going to break. So as long as the bugs are worked out, you know, it's functional how it is, is university is not going to pay me to sit on my hands. Um, so now I'm also, you know, installing equipment, designing systems, troubleshooting systems, uh, specking equipment. I'm doing all these tasks besides programming. And that also hurts where like this new stuff coming out with HTML5 and these broader programming languages, I may not have the time to sit down during my work hours to learn it, to put it into our environment. So now I either have to do it on my off hours or we're again getting into that pigeonhole of now I'm limiting, limiting what the university is getting from me because now I'm tied up on other tasks. And that goes back to just having a great team though. So if you have a great team, members who can maybe take on some of those duties, allow the programmer to get out and learn these languages, that's a good part. But not every university or every business has that ability or that relationship. To, to that point too, I've heard, that there's been some concerns about how much do you invest in somebody because when you invest in them, then they they leave, they take their knowledge and and you're left with with a void and and that you've put this money into helping somebody further their career and now they're they they've taken that to to advance and, and get a better role or position, but the cost at the cost of their previous employer. So it, it tends to, to be a slippery slope. Now I could comment about that and, and maybe we do that for another show from a business perspective, but it, it's something that I hear about a lot. Yeah. And, and just a quick note, I, I agree. I think that's a good episode for another, like a topic for another episode, but this is a the only thing that keeps coming in my head, I keep, I think it's a conversation between a CFO and a CEO where they say, what did we spend all this money and they leave? Another person goes, what if we don't? And they stay. That's a great point. That's a great point. And, uh, you know, and then uh, uh, as we get close to wrapping up the, you know, when, when it look, when you look at a third party, I've had people come and say to me, the amount of money that I spent on working with you, I could have had one or two full-time people on staff. And, and that's always a, a tough pill to swallow as well. And we could talk about what's involved with that because it's not as easy as it might sound. But it, it, when it comes to economics that, and bean counters get involved, that's what they start to look at. And they start to say, you know, what is this costing me, and what am I getting for it, and and um, and, and what what's my return on investment? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think in the end, you know, what what we probably want people to know, and and I'm, I would love to to hear from others that have had different experiences. If you guys can leave 
and girls can leave a comment and, and just share your experiences and thoughts. And, and um, I, I don't think it's a one-sided conversation. And, and even when you have a bias, I think you can argue it in many different ways. I think the, the main thing is, is that there is a place for, for all these solutions, but, um, and, and, and realizing too, I think that it, there may be a hybrid approach where you can have an internal person who can benefit from, from external, uh, whether it's a, an, an in-house integrator or a third party, because there could be situations similar to what we're trying to develop with Ask the Programmer, where there's collaboration. Yeah, it's all, I mean, that's one thing I'm really learning. It's about the relationship, building that collaboration. It's never one size fit all. We all got to work together and help each other achieve our goals. So we'll, we'll leave it there, but let, let's uh, ho- look for uh, feedback and comments. And, and this is a, 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 an ongoing topic that I'm sure we'll be revisiting. Um, in, in the meantime, uh, James, how can people get in touch with you? And uh, do you have any uh, closing thoughts and, and things that you wanted to share? Uh, probably easiest way to get hold of me is on Twitter. My uh, username is uh, av underscore James King. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, if you want to read the article I wrote that Steve and I talked about, or any other articles I wrote, or also check out all the other great content, swing over higheredav.com. My article, my column is IT and AV, but there's tons of other great content there as well. I would recommend that. I think it's a great site. And uh, yeah, some of our friends, uh, including Joe Way, are behind that. And it's something that we, uh, I, I found to be very valuable. Um, for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt very simply on social media. And I uh, really enjoy receiving some of the feedback that we've gotten in the past and would like to connect with more people in our audience. And and I uh, look forward to, to having more of these types of insightful conversations. Until then, this is Ask the Programmer. <laughs>